Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 16 of Revelation chapter 11. And we're continuing to look at verse 10. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And uh, we've been looking at um, true prophets compared to false prophets in the Bible. And we started looking in 1 Kings chapter 22 uh, with the case of uh, the 400 prophets that prophesied before King Ahab and Jehoshaphat and the one prophet of Jehovah, Micaiah. And we saw that uh, after reading uh, several verses in 1 Kings 22, that we learn that uh, the majority of prophets are false. And, and again, the ratio here is 400 to 1. Now, that's uh, not an isolated instance. If you remember Elijah uh, earlier in Israel's history also uh, was a lone prophet of the Lord. And we read in 1 Kings chapter 18, in verse 21, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If Jehovah be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of Jehovah, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. And and in that contest, we know that God confirmed Elijah as his true prophet by bringing down the fire that consumed the, the altar and, and even la, uh, lapped up the water that was placed in, in the trench around the altar. And, uh, and, and so God confirms again here in 1 Kings 22 with Micaiah that he is not interested in numbers. God is not concerned with how many people, for instance, hold a particular doctrine. And, and we could look at many false doctrines and find there are great numbers of people that hold to them. For instance, the free will gospel. There, there are just enormous numbers of people that are in churches or even outside of churches that believe we are saved through accepting Christ. And the true gospel of the Bible, that we're saved by the faith of Christ and not our own faith, and, and our salvation rests in God's hands, and, and God said he would bestow his mercy upon whom he would bestow it upon. And, and we could do nothing about that. That is a, a very lesser held view 
by individuals. Very few people hold to that position. And yet, that is the truth. That is what the Bible proclaims and teaches. And and it doesn't matter. Numbers do not matter. Uh, you can take polls all you want about political matters, about earthly things, and, and maybe there's some significance there. But when it comes to biblical matters, to Bible doctrine, then it does not matter who and, and how many there are that hold to a particular position. The only thing that matters is what is God's position. And he is the majority. Whatever God determines to be true through his word is true. And and all the world can be against it. Yet it doesn't change the fact that it is true. And so uh, we today, God's people, hold to the end of the church age. Well, there's maybe about two billion people still going to church who would contest that viewpoint and be opposed to it. And and so, of course, the numbers are uh, far in their favor, and that doesn't matter at all. They They may have numbers of people, but they have no um, position in the Word of God. They cannot prove from the Word of God the church age is still ongoing. Likewise, now God has ended his salvation program. He has shut the door of heaven. And certainly the majority of people do not agree with that teaching. But again, that doesn't matter. What only matters is what does the Bible say. And and so um, we see that the majority of prophets are false. And that's how the Bible portrays the spiritual landscape. And, and that's also our experience when we look at the churches and congregations. Even during the church age, the majority of churches were false. And, and now today, uh, of course, the majority of gospels that are out there in the churches, on TV, on the internet, everywhere you look, there, there is uh, a tremendous presence of the prophets of Baal, we could say. There's a tremendous majority of those that that are not true prophets. They are false prophets. They bring other kinds of gospels, and 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 yet uh, that doesn't mean anything. And also we can see here that uh, the false prophets preach or proclaim that which is pleasing to the majority of the people. The, the king likes to hear what they say. The people of Israel of that day, oh, they welcome this news that, that when uh, the king would go up to battle to Ramoth Gilead, he would prosper. All the prophets prophesied this way. We see in 1 Kings 22, verse 12, And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for Jehovah shall deliver it into the king's hand. And the messenger that was gone to call Micaiah spake unto him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king 
with one mouth. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them, and speak that which is good. So you see, here is the position of our kingdom. Or it could just as easily uh, be understood to be, here is the position of our church. Or here is our doctrinal position that uh, the reformers have held to for centuries. And and now here you come along, Micaiah, and, and listen to everybody else. You hear how they speak with one voice, with one consent. They are all in agreement. Let your word be like theirs. Speak that which is good. Notice what is considered good is that which goes along with what everybody else is saying. That which um, is in agreement with the majority, with with uh, the teaching of Israel, with the teaching of the church. If you go contrary to that position, if you go against what we hold to, that is not good. And, and that's what the king of Israel, Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat when Jehoshaphat asked, is there not here a prophet of Jehovah? And, and uh, uh, Ahab admitted in, in back in verse 8, there is yet one man, Micaiah the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of Jehovah. But I hate him, for he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. That is, he, he, he won't tell me what I want to hear. He, he won't go along with the program. Uh, he will not join with these other prophets, no matter how many I get together. Uh, there's 400 of them. You'd think that would be enough to convince him. But still, he will not prophesy good, but evil. And, and uh, so he wasn't called th- to the assembly. He wasn't amongst those 400 prophets. He, uh, he wasn't called because the king knew he would not say what they wanted him to say. He would say something else, something considered to be evil. Now, isn't that amazing how uh, the, the, when we, of course, we have the vantage point of these things being written in the Bible, and we, we know how God is recording this historical event. We know that Micaiah is the true prophet, and we know the 400 are the false prophets. And, and so as we read this, it, it's shocking. It, it really is that Ahab, a king of Israel, who would profess to be a follower of God, of Jehovah, and, and the Israelite people, who their descendants of Abraham, descendants of those that came out of Egypt, they have a history of being followers of the God of the Bible, and yet they now have reached the point where they consider true prophecy evil. And false prophecy, good. It, it, it really is, uh, tragic that, um, things have deteriorated in Israel to this point. Just like the church today. 
during the Great Tribulation, when it was still possible for true believers to be in congregations for a period of time until God drew them out, there was dialogue, there there was discussion between the true believer and the pastor or the elder or others in the church concerning their doctrine. And the true believer, the child of God, wanting to do it God's way, would uh, humbly uh, approach the pastor after maybe being in, in the church for a while and say, Pastor, um, you know, it disturbs me that um, the deacons in this church, that, that there there's a woman, and the Bible says a woman's not to teach nor usurp authority over men, and and a couple of the elders aren't married, and, and God is very straightforward concerning the qualifications for elders, that they're to be the husband of one wife. And, and also, Pastor, I understand that you allow for divorce in some instances, and, 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 and after a while, uh, they might be polite at first, but, but still, uh, the, the child of God keeps coming back to them, with more scripture and perhaps even more problems that he's seeing in in the church and it gets to the point where they they do not view him in a positive light at all and they see him very much in the same way that Ahab saw Micaiah he doesn't speak good concerning us but evil he he will not fit in with our church. He will not join us in agreement with our doctrine. He insists on quoting scripture and uh, puts us in uncomfortable positions and, and so on. So uh, this is very much what we're reading in 1 Kings 22. It, it's very much for us today as the issue of right doctrine is an issue that uh, covers all time, uh, all periods of history in this world. Well, then we read in 1 Kings 22, verse 14, And Micaiah said, As Jehovah liveth, what Jehovah saith unto me, that will I speak. And, and basically, Micaiah is saying what a true believer would say today, that all I can say is what the Bible says. All I can say is after comparing Scripture with Scripture and seeing where that leads and how God defines his own terms and directs me through that process and then making sure, carefully making sure all conclusions harmonize, I can only say this is what the Bible says. And I, I, I can't deny that. I can't. Um, just ignore that you're not uh, observing what the Bible says, and I can't join with you in in this. That would be rebellion against God. So true believers today also basically say, as Micaiah, what Jehovah saith unto me, that will I speak, and we may suffer for it as a result. True believers are the true child of God, we learn from the Bible, and sometimes what we learn is received in a very negative way, and uh, we become a target. We become 
an object of ridicule. Uh, we're, we're the focus of man's wrath because they don't like what they're hearing. And yet it's coming forth from the word of God and therefore from God himself. And they're actually rejecting God and, uh, and not us, but, uh, we're the messenger. And, and so the child of God can only share what the Bible says. And as people reject the things that are coming forth from the Bible, well, they're, uh, they're really, uh, doing a very dangerous thing and often a thing that will lead to their own destruction. Well, let's keep reading here in verse 15. So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth-Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered him, Go and prosper, for Jehovah shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of Jehovah. Now, Micaiah, he apparently has a sense of humor, and he's uh, he's mocking the other prophets to the king. He says this, obviously, in a way in which it's very apparent that he does not mean it. He, he is saying this um, as though he has given in to all the pressure as though he's one of these other 400 prophets, and yet uh, the king is aware of um, the way he's saying this. And, and so apparently this is also something Micaiah would do oftentimes because the king says, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of Jehovah? And maybe this is... Um, a little bit of Micaiah's personality coming through, and and um, he he's uh, um, maybe a bit of a, a jokester to some degree. And then it says in verse 17, and he said, "I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills, as sheep that have not a shepherd." And Jehovah said, "These have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace." And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell thee that he would prophesy no good concerning me, but evil? And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of Jehovah. I saw Jehovah sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And Jehovah said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth-Gilead? And one said on this manner, another said on that manner, and there came forth a spirit and stood before Jehovah and said, I will persuade him. And Jehovah said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. Now therefore, behold, Jehovah has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets. And Jehovah has spoken evil concerning thee. Well, uh, we see that Ahab, in turning to Jehoshaphat, he is basically saying, I told you so. I told you he'll prophesy no good. And, and then Ahab proceeds to dismiss what Micaiah said. Micaiah is prophesying 
that the king of Israel will die in the battle, and yet the king is not listening. He's not hearkening to the words of God. And this is all according to the will of God, as we saw, uh, as we're given this little glimpse into heaven where the Lord is preparing for the king's death by putting a lying spirit into the mouth of all his prophets. And we know that this means that God works through the delusion that he has sent to Israel of old and to the church today. It's all of the permissive will of God. God is the one who loosed Satan. God is the one who allows Satan's emissaries to prosper and to multiply within the churches of the world. God, therefore, is the one who put a lying spirit in the mouth of all the pastors and elders and deacons, of all the church leaders uh, all over the world. And, and he has convinced them through these preachers and, and priests and, and uh, those who do the teaching in their churches that God is still with them. The church age is still continuing. No man knows a day or hour. And you can become saved by doing certain works. He has put a lying spirit in them, which will lead to all of their death, just as it led to the king of Israel's death. And and so the true prophet of the Lord, Micaiah, does his duty faithfully. Uh, he is only required to speak the truth. He is only required to be faithful to what Jehovah says to him. He cannot convince anyone of himself. He cannot control the reaction of those that hear him. He can only be a faithful messenger of God and, and share the information that God gives him. And it's the same with us today. We today can only tell people what the Bible says and, and we can't change anyone's mind. We can't open anyone's eyes. We can't convince anyone of the truth of the word of God. That's God's business. And, and God, of course, um, will do as he pleases according to his perfect will. Well, as a result of speaking the truth, we have the false prophets who told lies. We have the one true prophet who spoke the truth. Now the the reaction comes or the the response to him to Micaiah and the things that he said he he's not welcome with open arms he's he's not cheered by the people the the people who are listening to him do not say now there is a faithful man actually he's spoken evil of in Verse 24, but Zedekiah, the son of Chanaanah, went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek and said, which way went the spirit of Jehovah from me to speak unto thee? And Micaiah said, behold, thou shalt see in that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself. And the king of Israel said, take Micaiah and carry him back unto Amon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in the prison, and feed him with bread of affliction and with water of affliction, 
until I come in peace. And Micaiah said, If thou return at all in peace, Jehovah has not spoken by me. And he said, Hearken, O people, every one of you. Well, and and then the the story continues, and uh, what, of course, it all unfolds exactly as Micaiah had prophesied. And God doesn't um, pick up the story of Micaiah, as far as I know. And there's no um, return to the prison and and Micaiah is let loose, and all the people are saying, Oh, you spoke the truth. Uh, you are the true prophet. What you said truly came to pass. There's none of that. You know, God does not paint a pretty picture concerning those that proclaim his word in this world. It's unthankful as far as the people of the world go. No one is is going to praise you for speaking the truth of the Bible. And it, it's a, a a difficult path. Micaiah ends up in prison, and he's fed with, as it says here, with bread of affliction and water of affliction. There's no thanks for um, for declaring the truth to the people. And even though he did what was right, and he did what ultimately was the best thing for all the people, if only the king had listened to him and feared and hearkened, the king would have not gone to battle, the king would have not died, and he would have lived at at least for another day. And this is uh, what God has plainly laid out for each of us. We are not going to be accepted. And now I'm talking to the prophets of Jehovah uh, in in our modern day, the true believer, as we proclaim uh, what the prophecy of the Bible says. We are prophesying. And as we do so faithfully, we are not going to be um, held in high esteem. We are not going to be honored uh, we we are not going to be lifted up. People are not going to thank us. They are not going uh, to be pleased with the things we say. But we will be reviled. We will be persecuted. We will follow the path of Micaiah and in um, in in certain ways, and we will be looked down upon. And others will have an extremely low opinion of us. And they will think we are the troublemaker. We are the ones who are speaking evil. We are the ones that are not speaking that which is good. Maybe they'll think we're unpatriotic. Maybe they'll think we're unloving, unkind, unmerciful, and and whatever else they can imagine. That this is the nature of prophecy. When the child of God takes the word of God into our mouth, and when we speak it, well, uh, this this is the sort of thing that we can expect. Let me read from Luke chapter six, beginning in verse twenty-two. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil 
for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. But woe unto you that are rich, for ye have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. Woe unto you, when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Now, I think we can see Micaiah, and we can we can see the 400 prophets in these statements. And, and who is received? Who is spoken well of? Who is cheered by the people? Who is a patriot? Uh, and and who is on the king's side and the people's side? And who desires the best for all? Well, the one, of course, who is in the majority. Those 400, they're spoken well of, and yet they are false prophets. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.